favorite superhero from the Incredibles? That's tough. Uh, Frozone. I was probably going to say Gazer Beam. I wish um, we get more. I wish we would get yeah, more with really, Gazer Beam in the Incredibles. Rather uh, than just like the one, the one little thing. Um, we get like his backstory. Well, we get like, yeah, we get his backstory in the first one, and then we get like slightly more in the second one. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, this is unanimous indecision. I'm Joshua Truve. That's Ian Rosmondo. We're not hey, actually no. talking about Incredibles today. But we could be. But uh, no, we could. Uh, it's a good movie. Uh, Too late. 15 years. <laughs> There's so many good lines from that movie. There um, where, what is the... Uh, the thumbtack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say... Uh, you can tell a lot about a woman from the contents of her purse. <laughs> had in mind. No, that wasn't. Uh, the <laughs> and you they ca they caught you on tape, and you still got away with it. Well, how fast were you going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and those are like the B lines. I think I think a few episodes ago, not a few episodes, maybe a lot of episodes ago, uh, I did the. Uh, in all, uh, well, how does it start? Gosh, I can't even remember it. Uh, the speech between the boss and Mr. Incredible. Ah, uh, the one you like to quote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, company only works when all of the cogs mesh together. Uh, but today, uh, we, uh, two things, uh, we're going to give you a nice, as you can tell by the title, a, it possibly the best movie to come out in 2020, uh, thus far. Uh, and I'm even going to go so far to say best picture of the year. Uh, <laughs> uh, Artemis Fowl, uh, I, I'm, well, I'm completely serious. Um, but uh, Artemis Fowl, quick, what movie is that from? All right, it's okay. Um, but afterwards, we are going to talk about uh, some movie release dates, stuff to look forward to, things have been moved once again, not too many, um, and not too far. But uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that at the end, uh, so stay tuned for that. Artemis Fowl, your favorite movie of all time? Question mark? No. No, 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 no. I, no. Uh, as a child, uh, I don't, I don't know if it was my favorite book series, but it was definitely a really interesting book series. Uh, and and I have actually finished all of the the books in this. Uh, how how many books are there? I think there's like seven. Uh, seven. I can, I can. Okay. I can verify that real quick. All right. So you're coming at this from the you you read the books. I haven't touched the books. I've only heard of the character. That that's about actually, my extent. I've actually reread the books, so I, I've definitely oh, put nice. some time into this. Why aren't you so glad you did that? Uh, I mean, I'd rather go into this with more information than less information. But having, uh, for, on, from the other side, you with less information, what did you think? How, what were your thoughts on this film? It's a it's a crude film that the story doesn't quite make sense the closer you look at it. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, Okay, is well, is he a, so so it says the big tagline is like Artemis Fell the the protagonist is a criminal mastermind but is he So in this movie what no. what did he do it, I feel like they phrase it as like uh 
the most criminal thing he does is that he's a mastermind. I so because like I at the beginning from the books. at the beginning he's in like therapy for being smart. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like they took that from they, throughout this movie I mean or throughout this this review I'm going to be saying that they took a bunch of stuff from the books. They just pick pick and chose. Um but I I do feel like that was taken from the books because in the books he is a criminal mastermind. He straight up like run like his his family deals with like underground business like black market like that's that's what they do that's how they make their money that's how they make okay. money for, for forever and he's straight up leading the household in his father's absence he's the one making the money he's the one dealing with the underground he is a criminal mastermind and i mean maybe, so, maybe that is how they made their wealth in the movie it's just not explained at all it's, it, it's not and it really wasn't super explained in the books at least for a while like it's just kind of like it's, it's kind of like narration like it's just told but there are plenty of of examples and plenty of times in the book where he can the books where he can actually show that he's not a good person he is a criminal mastermind he he doesn't have like the good of of all in mind he, he's out to make money he's out to get his family back and, and keep everything like how he wants it to be well i will um, say he's not there's no there's no indicator to show that he's like a super good guy but there's no indication that he's a super bad guy either <laughs> like that's fair because um, like he's not like going out of his way to like he's not sure he's not doing those black market deals or whatever but uh he's also I like... they i mean granted there's not really anyone in this movie to save but he's not really going out of his way to save anyone either <laughs> I feel like the worst thing in out of it outside of his family. It's not a good thing, so I'm not, I'm not like diminishing this. But the worst thing that he does in this is kidnap Holly Short. Yeah. Again, kidnapping is not great. It it is illegal. Right. It's it's definitely bad. Um, But that's the only bad thing he he did in this. Right. Um, which again, is fairly different from the books. Um, so uh, just right off the bat, we get if from the books we get a character who is definitely not a good person at the start. Like this is this is kind of interesting, especially when it's when it's geared towards children, because the protagonist that we're supposed to identify with is not a good person. Right. He's an okay person. <laughs> not really. He's he's a pretty bad person for at least at least for the first book. And he definitely changes his tune later on, but that's when he goes through some serious like developments as a person. Um but we we I mean this is a movie where we're given much less time to be with the character you don't really have that time to develop that, at least not in the first one. Um, but they're definitely giving themselves a handicap because we, we get, like, the book worked. The way it was done worked. So why would you change it completely? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, but they chose to take characters from that world and tell this story and it's not a great story um maybe if you're a little younger and you're not looking into the details like we are maybe it does sort of mesh into something but uh but it works for the book (laughs) i mean so the thing is you you'll you'll never be able to perfectly adapt books to movies and so does that does that mean you shouldn't do it ever I mean, people no, talk I, about while, while the Lord of the Rings movies, like even one of them won an Oscar, like they're, they're fantastic movies, but also vastly different from the books. I think you're, <laughs> you're 
succumbing to the slippery slope fallacy, um, which is like, if A is okay, then why not B? And if B is okay, then why not C? And so I think that you use, you, cause you say, well, if, if they can't, if by the very, very, their very nature, the movies would be different from the books. So why, why change them at all? I mean, I think or you should still them? try, but at the same time, I mean, like comic book movies are not usually great interpretations of comic book stories. Usually, <laughs> I will say, but I, th I think it's a little bit different for comic books than than novels. Uh, usually, there's a lot more source material to pick from, and yes, they with comic books, choose. yes, uh, right. So they have more, and they still choose to create an set, an independent story that's not like anything we've ever seen before. I'd say that usually most stories are combinations. They pick elements of of different of multiple things. stories. Yeah, and then put them together, which, which is kind of like this. I mean the. Uh, supposedly except, except, they say true. some i read somewhere that they were like pulling from elements from the first three books i guess yeah something like that um i i will kind of give you that except it didn't work for them and i think the reason is is because it's it's just a jumbled mess the story doesn't really fit the their universe building does also doesn't really make much sense um, Which parts we, we don't never, make sense? So we never really got uh, a reason for why. So we never got a reason for why the fairies are hiding the humans. Mm. We're told that there was a long time ago there was a war between the humans and the fairy. That's kind of a reason. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, we're told. Uh, additionally, okay. We all, also, if they're planning on making multiple movies of this, regardless of the books, maybe they're planning on making eight movies of this, even though there are seven books. I don't know. But uh, regardless, uh, like if you're if we're all thinking that, OK, well, this is the first movie in what they want to be a potential series, you in theory, you have the time to explain those things. So you just set up that yeah. thing and your audience has to accept Oh, that a uh, wizarding school like Hogwarts exists. Okay. <laughs> well, going off of what you just said, of if they're, which I assume with Disney they had they had were in the mindset of making this a multi-film franchise. Right. And if that's the case, then why would you pull elements from different novels and put them into? That's a definitely movie? a weird choice for sure. Because by the time we get to the third film, which should in theory cover the third book, you've already grabbed elements from it, so you can't retell the same thing unless they're only planning thing. unless doing the opposite of what i just suggested of eight films for seven books maybe they're only going to do three films for seven books and so quote on maybe two and a half books for the first movie but and then, then uh, two and a half for the next and then the last two i i don't know i don't know how the books go <laughs> get issues like with the uh series of merchant events that came out quite a few years ago where they did they did the first three books right in one movie and then you had the issue of how do you make a three-act structure out of three full novels like it, it kind of but now i felt like this movie still had three acts i don't know exactly where i'd draw the lines but uh <laughs> but i wouldn't say it felt like the plot felt overly complicated and overly repetitive or anything like there weren't like several climaxes to this movie <laughs> I, I agree with that. I do think it was kind of weird 
that once we had like the after the climax everything happened it felt like we had two end credit scenes when we had none yeah i th I think maybe at one point they might have talked about doing an end credit scene because i know what you're talking about how it was just like oh and it's resolved and then we're so like oh we but here's the the resolution with the fairies even oh, and here's the resolution the, with the humans. <laughs> yeah, even with the music, it, it definitely sounded like it built up to a conclusion. Right. And then we have the conclusion. I'm like, all right, cool. That could be the end of the movie. We're done. And then it, it, we, we see Artemis with his father, um, the media talking about what's going on. And I was like, okay, cool. We can end it there. Great. And then it goes back, and we're, we're dealing with Mulch Diggums again. I'm, I it, Right, okay. yeah, and then we get that now. final reveal that he gets rescued. Also, so like, why has Mulch joined their team? So, <laughs> <laughs> and how was he captured? I'm so confused. So, uh, in the, it, it's definitely different in the books. Um, I don't really want to get into it. I'm, every every character from this film is different from the books, and I don't want to keep repeating myself on that. Right, um, but. I, in this, it was kind of weird because it was just kind of like out of circumstance they needed to team up because um, what's his name? Cudgeon? Is uh, that Bri the, the bad fairy that the... like has the quick coup that doesn't yeah. go very well? <laughs> uh, so I will say that so he he is he's in the books and he is like a secondary antagonist of or maybe like primary antagonist of book one. Okay. He's kind of like in the background of that. Uh, and then he's like a he has a has a much smaller, uh, antagonistic role in one of the later books. Um, so that's I am glad that they entered, they they brought him in. Um, although in this one it really seemed like he was just uh, he he wasn't in like a, a leadership role as he is in the books. Yeah, he was. He, like, he was well, he was like a no, no, that's, an, sorry, that's an I mean. overseer or something. He, well, he's he's a lieutenant in the in the yeah Lawrence police. Sure. But I mean, like, as as a part, of, as opposed, sorry, uh, when it comes to like the the antagonist's plan, he's just filling them out. Like, he's kind of a pawn of it. Opal. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even get started on Opal. They completely changed her as well. All right. Well, to <laughs> She's me, not even supposed to be in this. I mean, I I don't, I don't know. Um, but like, to to me, like we don't really know anything about opal so when you say like they completely changed opal I, for me like if i'm writing like a character uh, a character attributes on every character the only bullet point i have for opal is not a good person <laughs> which you'd be right like, about but like that right that that's that. all i got cuz like we didn't really raspy voice uh, <laughs> uh also like yeah. why do is that a thing from the books that like a ton of characters just have raspy voices? No. Um, cause I was just like, Judy Dench is doing a raspy yeah. voice. <laughs> Josh Gad is doing a raspy voice. Uh, I don't know who played Opal. Cause like I said, we don't know anything about Opal in this right. movie, or at least that's how I felt. Yeah. Uh, no, you, I think, I think for the, in, for the purposes of this film, not going off the books, just strictly for this film, I feel like she's, her whole purpose in this was setting up for a future film. All set up, yeah, I agree with that. Um, because, and and maybe they would, uh, given the chance with a, a sequel, develop her out more. Because 
she is a an interesting uh, villain. Um, but we, we didn't really get much of that. We got Hood, we got Raspy Voice, and we got <laughs> Angry Yells. Right, yeah. So, who knows? I, uh, I'm not super uh, happy with them, uh, with, with Judy Dench as the role of Commander Root. Okay. Um, so, in the books... And I guess this is this is how uh, Eowyn Colfer wanted it to be. So, uh, first off, Judy Dench's character is gender bent. Um, Commander Root is Commander Julius Root in the books, um, the commander of the of the police force. And Holly Short, um, the fairy girl that is, I guess, friends with with Artemis now. Eventually, uh, sure. <laughs> eventually, yeah. So she's like the first female officer on the the lepcon team and it's a really big thing for her because she wants to prove that like the women are just as good and can be doing this too and like everyone on the police force is trying to find any excuse any imperfection in her work to get her in trouble and to get her fired so it's really big for her character to do everything as good as possible to make sure that there's no slip-ups nothing like that and so it's kind of interesting because you're taking away her her fight for equality when the commander and half of the squad have been changed to female. Right. You, you take away I, that I, part I guess, of the story. Yeah. And I guess that Disney or whoever decided to do this wanted there to be more equal on the team, which sure. If again, if we're not changing source material, then that makes sense. I'd, I'd like there to be equality. Right. But I think it is a big aspect of the story that she's fighting. That's a big thing. And they just straight up made her commander, commanding officer, uh, so yeah i think i think overall there was like a net loss there uh, i i will say at least they they changed the story from the way you're describing it um because they could have very easily okay so they do that which takes kind of i guess holly's character arc out (laughs) yeah um but they did replace it with a new character arc they didn't just let leave her as a static character that's true um and and they changed it with other elements that they changed, I guess. Because I'm assuming her dad either wasn't important or definitely didn't have anything to do with the Fowl family. I can't remember much for, about her father. I don't. Uh, uh, her father had absolutely nothing to do with the Fowl family. Right, uh, and so yeah. they they kind of changed it enough that they still created a character arc for her. <laughs> They created more connections, um, so they they took away connections. They made some. Yeah. And and now they're and it's kind of weird. Like, there's more connections to the Fowl family. There are, and I guess sure, if we want to say that that her dad was close with Artemis's dad, then I guess it's a parallel to Artemis Artemis Junior being friends with Holly. Um. How did? in the books how did because if if the the fowl family and i guess beechwood her dad uh weren't friends or whatever uh well yeah this movie makes it sound like the fowl family has been like has this knowledge of the fairy world forever basically which is not true Um, in the books maybe going back to like you said the unexplained however the two worlds got separated or whatever. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the foul, the, the old foul family <laughs> were, were there. Right. Um, Which is kind of the, that's kind of the feeling that I got. 
so but in the books how do the fowls how does artemis learn of the fairy world is it just like something completely new so he <laughs> this is one of the example uh and i can't remember the exact details so i can't i don't remember everything but this this is a, a really good example that shows us how much of a genius artemis is because he is he has the um the call of europe call of all what was that? Say that one more time. You cut out uh, for has, a moment. Sorry. He has the highest IQ of anyone in all of Europe. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, and so this is kind of where we, he, he on his own, because his dad is, his dad is AFK. His mom's a recluse. Uh, Butler doesn't, like, Butler's just protecting him out of respect for his father. On his own, he figures out that their fairies must exist. Like, it doesn't, there's things in this world that can't be explained without them. And he just fig figures that on his, fig figures that out on his own. <laughs> and so, his a whole, weird conclusion like, to draw. <laughs> I, I don't remember everything. I don't remember exactly what it was that did it. And if I did, it would make more sense. Yeah. Um, but his whole plan for the for the for the first book is to kidnap a fairy uh, during specifically during their ritual to replenish their magic. So kidnap them at a point where they don't have magic. Okay. Um, which is which is where the whole tree scene was supposed to. That's gotcha, it but it's now vastly different. Now it was yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like the idea is, uh, the fairy's magic can be like stored in, in certain things, and I I think, and with Holly's, it's with in an acorn, um, and trying to be the perfectionist she, that she is in all in all in her work, she's been refusing for like a month to go and replenish her power, so it was really <laughs> dwindling, and that's when Artemis caught her and kidnapped her when gotcha. she had no power. Like she she was there at the tree to do the ritual, and that's when he got her. Um, and so in this movie, it was repurposed to be the spot where her father died, um, fighting for what he believed in for the right thing. Um, right. But yeah, there there was no connection with the foul family to the fairies. Artemis figured it out on his own. It's I'm pretty sure it's a big shock to his dad when his dad eventually finds out. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, it kind of sounds like, based on what you're describing, it's some sort of a Elseworlds version of it. <laughs> that it's like all the same characters and the same uh, like locations and whatnot, that kind of stuff. Well, same artifacts, but everyone behaves differently, and everyone. <laughs> uh, Pretty much. Uh, it's like like I said, the the story they went with. They they told their own story with these characters. It's an in name yeah. adaptation. Uh, does the, do the books also have men in black mind wiping? <laughs> yes, there, there are memory, there are memory. Uh, uh, cause I thought that was really funny. I couldn't, I couldn't unsee it only because that like the image of Artemis Fowl is him in this black and white suit, much <laughs> yeah. like the men in black with sunglasses. And so I was <laughs> like, <laughs> so I was like, all right, we got the men in black suit. We got the men in black mind wiping. Like I was just like, where are yeah, they? And the and then they even make that comment that like, uh, now, now Artemis Fowl probably came before the men in black movies, right? Or, uh, what was the first men in black movie? Uh, 1997. Is it close? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Artemis Fowl. First one uh, came out in two thousand one. Like oh, so it, so yeah, so Men in Black is first. Okay, so then because the other thing that so we got the suits, the the mind wiping, and then the third one that I thought of that felt like a Men in Black thing as well is when they make that comment about David Bowie being a a fairy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very much like Men in Black 1 where Agent J is walking in and he's like, wait, I knew my old teacher had to was had something weird because she's an alien and Michael Jackson's <laughs> an alien and uh, all these other people are aliens that are famous and whatnot. Um, and, and so to me, that was like another men in black thing that I was just like, wow, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, I mean, it could definitely be drawing from, uh, yeah. From and I mean, th- that's, that's fine. I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. yeah it was just like, thing. um, it was just like <laughs> a lot of men in black visages. Yeah. Uh, and then I think you made a comment on this, but I really want to harp on it. There was so much narration to this movie. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, I get it that, I guess, Mulch is telling us this story. There is a narrator. But either we should jump into the story or not. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, And I guess they're also somewhat uh, taking that from... uh... Does the book have a lot of... Yeah, the book has narration. Who's narrating it in the book? I don't remember. Okay. Because uh, I think, like, one of the best uh, pretty modern movies that I could think of that I think uses narration almost perfectly, and I know a lot of people don't really think this is a super strong movie, um, it's Iron Man 3. Marley and me. Wait, oh. <laughs> in, in Iron Man 3, it opens with an opening dialogue. You have a past event, and we never talk about it. He never has... Uh, cover dialogue throughout the entire movie and at the very end it's revealed that he's telling this whole story to Bruce Banner but like that was like just enough narration that like oh it made sense you're telling the story but this was just so much narration and every time I thought it was done it was like every time we met a new character we had to be told everything about him before they talked Through, through mulch now, it's really interesting <laughs> that... So, Mulch is basically retelling all this story to MI6. Um, which is interesting, because now he's telling the human world that the fairies exist. Um, but he's telling... It's, it's kind of like Catch-20. He's telling them so that they know not to bother Artemis Fowl, so that Artemis Fowl can protect the two worlds? It's I, like... I, I guess. Uh, the, whole huh? I, the whole idea of the fairies are scared of the humans is, like, if there were a war, which they they are, the fairies are wor- worried about a war between the humans and them. Sure. And even though they have magic and even though they have slightly more advanced technology, the humans' sheer numbers could wipe them out. Okay. And that's their biggest fear. And so now they just gave I, the humans the upper hand. <laughs> kind of. I don't know why they'd, like... It's not, and you better be careful because Artemis will do whatever. Like, just the human sheer number, if they found out about the fairy, could wipe them out. Right. And, and like, at one point in later books, Artemis even fights to protect the fairy world, f- fights to protect the, the sure, I mean, human world finding out about this. That's kind of where I thought it was going until we rewinded it and I realized it was MI6. I figured he was kidnapped by some other human villain. And maybe MI6 turns out to be the human villain. But because uh, I was just like, well, it would make sense that you'd have villains on both sides. I, it's a, a war. So yeah, <laughs> bad people on both sides sometimes. Yeah. Uh, not everything's so cut and dry. Uh, yeah, it's just Mulch's narration is so excessive. 
just the fact that uh something that we usually harp on this is probably one of the things we harp on biggest in the on unanimous indecision it's show don't tell and man there's a lot of telling uh <laughs> i do think uh despite what we're saying about uh mulch Diggum's character and his narration i do think he was the best thing about this movie absolutely uh yeah he was definitely like he was the comic relief he was <laughs> he was, he was uh, the comic relief he, i guess he was he pretty like Hagrid. close to in close he had the same character abilities or whatever he had the same character abilities yeah so at one point mulch like unhinges his jaw he starts eating like dirt and is i guess pooping it out firing it out of his his record i do wish we would have gotten like a little uh i get it that they told us that dwarves are dwarves dig you you were like what is but that like the yeah i wish they i wish they would have had a comment earlier saying that oh dwarves don't just dig through dirt they eat dirt <laughs> so um, at one point there's an interesting thing that dwarves can do that wasn't mentioned in this and if we do get a second film i hope that it's shown to us and not told to us um <laughs> and it's that and this this severely like hurt uh hurts the dwarves bodies and they can only do it like once once every however long um but they can like remove the lining of their stomach and expel all of it through their rear end in like one explosive thing like uh, Wario or something, <laughs> kind of, kind of, and, and you can get like a serious boost out of it. Like Mulch does it a couple times in the story, and he does it faster than like other dwarves or should be able to. Right, because he's a big dwarf. Well, not even that. But, like <laughs> he, he even like it. At one time he does it. It's a surprise that he's able to do it because he just did it like uh, just a couple months ago. And Mulch, we can see that it has like a serious physical effect on Mulch. Like he's oh, okay. he's not he's not doing well. So Hasn't recovered. He was able to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it can it can propel you like it can it can launch him into the air or through <laughs> something with that. So uh, he also uh, uses it as a defensive maneuver at some point by launching that at someone. So farting, okay. Uh, farting with everything inside your stomach, <laughs> stomach linings, and everything just being expunged at once. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like everything in the story felt like, even though there were like comments about gnomes elves or i guess not elves but gnomes fairies dwarves uh leprechauns uh even though there was all that tuck like seeing him unhinge his jaw was just like oh that's happening now okay sure yeah. <laughs> um uh, uh, that's out still um i do think it was funny um so it, it's interesting because like fairy is the term they used to describe everything in here so fairy applies to trolls. Fairy applies to dwarves. Fairy applies to right. That that's the way it felt. Yeah. Yeah. Fairy fairy is just like a blanket term to to talk about this this world. One thing that uh, uh, that I think is interesting, an interesting choice, is that Judy Dench's character says like we have to at one point. Uh, there's a. What, oh yeah, yeah, the real oh, world. <laughs> yeah, there's some fairy that's escaped <laughs> to the world above. And G- and Judy Dench is like, uh, we have to we have to stop. We have to get it back before the real world finds out. It's like, what do you, what do you mean the real? Aren't world? both worlds real? <laughs> or 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 you would say that your world is real, right? Well, but and that's, but they know that they're in like, because I guess I I assume that before the war, before uh before the war, everyone lived on our plane of existence. 
Probably, and they are still all in one plane of existence. <laughs> but like, if you think the humans don't have any magic or whatever, and yours are the more advanced technologically and magical uh, right. society, real's definitely the wrong. Call yourself <laughs> either either you don't use the word real, yeah, or you they... call yourselves real. Those are the only options. Yeah, but having previously been from that world, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. It's just a I bad word should've... choice, yeah. Exactly. It should have been the human world or something. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, or the non-magical world, I don't know. The the other world. <laughs> There's a lot of other choices, a lot of better choices. But no magic. Uh, of syntax. And uh kind of reminds me the when they're like, oh, you speak English. Of course I speak English. Is that because they steal human music? Maybe. I don't really know. Because I didn't quite understand why they had human... How? they If, like, they haven't been to the human world for, like, quite some time. Uh, if they haven't been to the real world for quite some time. How are they getting human music or whatever? Right. Uh, I mean, there, there are definitely people... <laughs> there are definitely people that can travel to the, the, the human world. And there, there are, like... Um, Right, but I'd like to think in the service of protecting the magical fairy world, they wouldn't be stealing that could potentially uh, reveal the safety of their own people. Like, <laughs> how irresponsible. <laughs> I mean, they definitely, like, they definitely <laughs> take some things back. Uh, I think a lot of the... Think about, like, fashion. Some Some people take fashion from the human world. Yeah, so it... fascinated, fascinated by it. I think at one point, and I don't remember if this is true. This might be wrong, but I think at one point, Opal Cowboy wants to become human because she thinks it's like I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's more weird. than maybe. <laughs> Very strange. Um, and so uh, let's see. I, I was writing down a lot of notes. Um, I want to make sure. Oh yeah, I thought this moment was so funny in the movie. Because I guess, like, on paper, maybe it seemed like a good idea. But uh, <laughs> watching it, I thought it was rather humorous. So Holly's cage, when she's kidnapped by Artemis, um, it's like a wire mesh. Yeah. Right? With, like, some wooden corners and whatnot. Wooden yeah. reinforced. But, uh, <laughs> and so the, I think it's like the first time Artemis is talking to her. Oh, he slams the, the thing in front of her face <laughs> as if like, like in a solitary confinement kind of thing. Like you slam the one window to the outside closed. Yeah, her entire cage is, is open. Yeah. It's a mesh. Like, like he slams it closed as if to like shut her up. Like I'm done talking to you. And she, she can stands up and looks at him. She could literally just keep talking. <laughs> Like there, there's nothing to stop that. I, I thought that was just like very strange. <laughs> uh, that like I get it. We were trying to make Artemis seem cool, but it just felt dumb because it didn't make him seem cool. <laughs> uh, if she had been in like an actual like steel crate where it was like a solitary confinement moment, and you do that, then maybe it works a little better. But right. Uh, having that cage, I thought it was really dumb. Uh, I think I think the best thing about this movie was Josh Gad's performance. He brought the humor. Uh, I think he, he brought humor where sometimes I don't think it was really necessary, like when he's waiting in line to go to prison and he's like, just cracking jokes. Right. Um, 
but I, the scene later on when uh, Holly, Artemis, Butler, and Mulch are going to fight a, a troll that's been hopped up on, I guess, fairy drugs. You sure. Uh, and Holly's like, I'm gonna need my gun, and she points to and she oh, like, yeah, yeah, beckons yeah. to Butler, who was the one that took her gun and was messing with it. And Butler starts reaching and can't find it, and Mulch, without looking, just reaches into his coat and pulls out the gun. He pickpocketed off of Butler, I guess. Yeah, and that's a good moment because the moment we're introduced to dwarves, we're told that they're pickpockets, but then yeah. we also see that he's constantly pickpocketing people. It's true. And so for him to do it in a huge moment. <laughs> or right before a huge moment. It's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> there was also another line about the troll that I thought, so Artemis and Holly are, regardless of the books, in this, basically the same size. Yeah. Uh, Holly makes a comment about the troll saying that the troll can eat humans in 2.97 seconds and fairies in, in one. In one, yes. How is that possible that he eats different species in different speeds? That, yeah, that's a good question. They're the I same mass, too. right? <laughs> I, when, when that line was said, I was looking at Holly and Artemis. I'm like, they're the same size. What do you mean? Yeah, I was like, I was like, it's not like you fairies are like quote unquote standard fairies that are like yeah. uh i uh tinkerbell or something that literally you can just flick him in in his mouth and swallow or whatever but right. like like they're human sized like why why is there a difference in eating speed and, uh, and it says it can eat fairies in one second what about like dwarves or goblins or <laughs> other trolls you, right. You're using, yeah. you're using your blanket statement to describe the fairy world probably incorrectly there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just like, it was very, it's such a very strange sentence that like, it's just another one of those things, and I guess this movie does a lot, that it has the intention of, like I said, with the slamming the wood in uh, Holly's face, it has the intention of doing something really cool, of sounding intense, of building up something it just doesn't land. <laughs> I feel like I feel like sitting in the writing room, they were like, and he slams at the door, or whatever. And we're gonna, we're gonna tell this line of like talking about how trolls can whatever eat humans in in two point nine seven and and fairies and like they had these ideas, but they didn't. But the writers like, didn't know that the fairies were gonna be human sized. They didn't know that the cage was no, gonna I, no, be I don't open. Think <laughs> I don't think it was that. I just don't think they like proofread to make sure that it didn't contradict anything else of the story. Well, I don't know if it contradicts anything in the story. Well, it just okay, doesn't not, make not, sense okay. in general. Sure, that that's kind of what I mean. Like, or I didn't quite. But but that's what I'm saying is like if you're in the writer room and you're told, "All right, you're writing this story about humans and fairies or whatever," and because you haven't read the source material, um, you're just having this hearsay from someone, and that person never told you that the fairies are human-sized. So you're Maybe. gonna assume that like most fairies in most lore, they're smaller. <laughs> Eventually, that's what happened. Uh, uh, it could also be like they they wanted to write the scene where Artemis slams the the little uh, door, a little like sliding yeah wood piece in in her face as like a that's the final way to shut it up. But they didn't realize that it was going to be a fully open cage. Right, exactly. That is like so they wrote it that way, written then, before execution, and then exactly yeah, it doesn't land at all. <laughs> yeah. Um. The other thing, uh, 
Dom the butler, he like, so he nearly dies, nearly headless. Um, He nearly dies saving Artemis from a troll falling from a chandelier. It's very elaborate, but regardless, he gets crushed by the troll. It's like being under the weight of an elephant, I imagine. Because that's the way it looks, and he's, like, dying under there. He's basically dead, and Artemis is like, no, and uh, the other girl, um, not Holly, what's her name? Uh, uh, Juliet. The other 12-year-old. Yeah, Juliet. She's also saying no, uh, and so it's very clearly that he's, like, going to die underneath this troll. <laughs> and then in the next scene, I guess, it like, it cuts away and then cuts back after catching up with some fairies outside and he's out from under the troll. How did they get him out from under it? And he's like, he's more or less fine, even though he's dying. He looks pretty, looks pretty healthy. He looks pretty healthy. He doesn't really have any scratches or anything. He doesn't have any broken bones, legs twisted the wrong way. He's just sitting in a chair. <laughs> right. uh, and then he's just like, Oh, it was wonderful being with your family or whatever he says. Uh, he kind of has, it's kind of like an Alfred moment or whatever, but, and then, and then he dies. And then of course, Holly gets her magic back and brings it back to life. But I was just like, what was the point of this? Why didn't we just let him die underneath the troll if we are going to? Like, there's, a, there's a really cool scene. And I kind of want to just talk about this uh, from one of the books later where, um, Artemis and, and Butler, uh, like they walk into a trap and, um, and someone shoots at Artemis and Butler pushes him out of the way and gets shot in the chest instead. Right. So I guess this was in that vein. Probably. And I, I do think this was kind of where they pulled that. Like, again, they're taking bits and pieces from different right. stories. Because he pushes Artemis out of the way and then yeah. he gets crushed by the troll instead of Artemis. And, so it's... and then Holly's the one that heals him, which is eventually what happens. Yeah. But in this, they're in like some, some restaurant stores or a restaurant or something. And so quick thinking, Artemis is somehow able to. Um, in the book, you mean? Butler's in the book. Sorry. Gotcha. Uh, I, I was like, this lug... was definitely his house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Artemis able to lug Butler's body like into the freezer in the back to keep him, keep his body from like, from from the worst. Try just put him on ice so that Holly can heal him before he dies. <laughs> um, and so he eventually is able to get, and Holly heals him, but there, uh, uh, so he was wearing like a Kevlar vest, but this was like a special pierced it. Um, okay. And so he, she heals his chest, but with bits of Kevlar still there. So like, there's got he's got like Kevlar like now in his skin. Interesting. Uh, but it like this is it, it affects his body more than so he he can't do a lot of the the fighting anymore because it wins him faster. He, oh, okay. It it doesn't like reinforce his body. He's yeah, even yeah. stronger. Now. But like it, it hurts him. Like he it's he, actually he's a disadvantage. Yeah, that, that's and kind of like a. That's kind of cool. cool, yeah. Yeah, because we don't see that often in a fantasy fantasy stories, right. where like, oh, it, it, everyone always has to turn something into a benefit or whatever. Right. Uh, and then the time freeze device that the fairies were using when that was falling apart, you and I were just we were losing it. It was so <laughs> confusing. Like every, everyone's just saying like oh, what a terrible thing's going to happen when this time freeze device fails. And when it fails, sure, it's pretty terrible. But, like, I didn't understand anything that was happening. 
people were just yeah. like popping in and out of existence, just being teleported into different places. And then they so were fine, just more like, or less. I guess it's just like warped space time or something that was just like grabbing, yeah. grabbing fairies or but, something. But then they were fine, more or less. I, were they? Because I, we I don't know if we ever saw those again. I mean, but like I Holly got like... teleported several times and she was just walking okay. away from it. So I assume everyone else is the same unless you're the poor guy that got teleported to Jupiter or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if that's the case, if it does just kind of teleport you around, then why is Commander Ruth saying, like, oh, we lost a fairy? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> oh, shoot, they're dying. <laughs> yeah. It made it, no sense. It was weird, weird scale of stakes that, like... It sounded real bad, it looked real bad, and then it wasn't real bad. Like, yeah, I guess. Or that's because, you know, Holly's a main character. So right, plot armor. Uh, she happened. Everyone else got teleported somewhere else in a, in the vast universe. Holly got teleported yeah. 20 feet away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we never see Mulch actually poop out the Oculus, which still bothers me. Or throw it up, for that matter. Okay. Uh, cause so, like he he eats it, and that's very that's very clear. It's very obvious. They show it to us, and he even points to it. It's still in his stomach. And at a certain point, it's just not. So I okay. <laughs> the actual object, this MacGuffin, cause the the Acula was just, it was just a MacGuffin. Right. Uh, but the physical shape, and this is I think something else where they're just taking the idea of something. Cause right. It's, like a weird thing it's an magic. acorn. I, it's an acorn. <laughs> it's an upside down uh, technological acorn. Yeah, but so it has spinning pieces of it. Yeah, and the the nut part of the acorn uh, is like there are pieces that are rotating horizontally, like laterally. Right, right, right. And then the the cap part of the acorn is like spinning gears vertically. And there are several different people that yeah. hold this object throughout this film. How are you holding it when it's spinning like that? Was it spinning even without you them touching it? Yes, when, when, okay. when yeah. Mulch is holding it at some point, he's holding it in the bottom of his hand and it's still spinning. Well, I guess he if also... you have all your fingers on like the same lateral gear, then, then the whole thing is just rotating in your hand. Mulch swallowed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's that's... clearly swallowing a lot of other things. I'm just thinking that's going like, to grab your stomach lining or something. I mean, he's like eating rocks and crap, though. So true, like, true. clearly... the. the... I, I don't know. I don't have a problem with that specifically. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> um, Artemis also held it, like, only held it. Yeah, I, I get the conundrum about holding it, that, like, it is a very strange device. Uh, it looks cool, but... It does It does look cool. And then it teleports people, question well, mark? I mean, they did, ex they did explain that it could, like, teleport people, because I think Artemis' father said that it, can, it has the power to transport armies. That's right. Uh, okay. I just, I don't know. I had this vision of it opening portals, not yeah. just, just light magic and then light magic and someone pops from one place to another and in a yeah. completely different room in the house for yeah, it's kind of like suspense. How, it's kind of like how Goku could just teleport. He's just like, pop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so very strange. Okay. Also, uh, and maybe maybe you can't answer this question because it's probably different from the books. So Opal uh, gets gets her pawn out of prison or whatever, right? And then he's the uh, lieutenant. Yeah. Right. Um, and the lieutenant's constantly talking about how the executors he he's working for the executors and the executors I guess are in charge of Fairyland. Is Opal 
an executor and then like if she is it's kind of weird to me that uh at the very end uh because i commander root and holly are like holly go chase down opal's uh accomplices or whatever and it's like that's like your your leader like you can't just send her you need everyone to be in on this like (laughs) yeah right if she is an executor because she seemed to be dressed like the other executors were i guess in this movie or in this cinematic world she'll she'll have to be but like then it's a weird line if she is yeah because it's like why is holly taking on the leader of fairy one of the leaders of fairyland all on her own i mean sure she's with artemis and whatever but like from the fairy standpoint right on her own and i guess she gets like that team arbitrarily but shouldn't everyone be in on this like this is the this is the leader of your people (laughs) that's some like really that's political corruption right there and you have a list of who's working with her so you can literally just go to other people and sure maybe the list isn't super accurate but like there's probably more people not working with her than are working with her (laughs) right uh and so it's just, I don't know, I was very confused by the hierarchy of it all. Yeah, this movie was, was pretty confusing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, needless to say, best movie of the year. Uh, no question. Uh, mm. No question. Mm. You can have your comments, but no questions. <laughs> uh, have I, okay, have I, I don't know if I've seen another movie that has come out in 2020. That's not true. <laughs> What, what movie do we see? Didn't you see Birds of Prey? At least no. that. Uh, I, well, I watched part of it. I need to finish it. I haven't finished. Birds you haven't. Jeez. Um, <laughs> look, look, I had a hard time making it to where I got. You I, watched Bad Boys for Life. That I know I you saw. I did watch Bad Boys for Life. Yes. I did. Uh, I'm trying to that think. That was this year? That was this year. That was in January. This year has been so long. And not filled with a lot of movies. True. Uh, True. And so it, talking about movies that are coming up, which before I preface this, so this is really interesting. So the Oscars just changed their rules on a few things. Um, there's like a lot of bureaucracy rules that they change, like term limits for, I don't know how the Oscars exactly work, but they did a lot of rule stuff. Uh, but one of the things that I was actually interested in amongst the things, because I'm not... I don't super pay attention to the Oscars, but maybe more than you do, uh, because it's easy to be more than zero. <laughs> and but which I think is most people. I think most people only watch uh, the Oscars like in some respects, maybe like the Super Bowl, just because like as a person, we're supposed to watch these big entertainment events or whatever. Right. Uh, but so they changed a rule that people got really mad about this last year because last year had a ton of great films. Uh, and for best picture, they were allowed to nominate the, the initial rule was they're allowed to nominate anywhere between five and 10 films for best picture. Mm -hmm. And they only nominated eight, maybe nine. And a lot of people were like, how could you leave that empty? Like, like, why not just use it? Like, even if that movie's not going to win, why not use it? Okay. Uh, and so they changed the rule to that. Now they have to use all 10 slots, which I think is good. However, the funny thing is, 
I don't know how many Oscar bait movies there are coming out this year. <laughs> They're gonna have to use all ten, and they there's they can't. They're gonna have to use all ten, and we're gonna have artist foul. Ten superhero movies in it. Right. Uh, we're gonna have like I I don't even know. I mean I guess well no nineteen seventeen wasn't last year's so bad boys for life <laughs> is gonna be in it. Uh, I don't know. I I, I just. I, I don't know, because I was looking, and so I made a list of movies that probably I'm looking forward to. There's a few other movies coming out. Uh, I couldn't find a super comprehensive list just due to all everyone's dates constantly moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the movies I didn't put on the list, I was like, these movies don't super sound like a Knives Out. They don't sound like a, a, a 1917. They don't sound like these uh film movies you know like these these artur artur movies they just seem like movies and some of them a lot of like they a lot of them actually kind of feel like summer blockbusters just coming out in december which is kind of unusual because we see more and more uh december november december movies being quote-unquote oscar bait movies so they're like more stylized because it's fresh in people's in the voters' minds to right. give them an Oscar. Uh, but so going down the list, uh, so as much as we've been saying, as much as we want it to happen, it's not going to happen. Uh, Tenet will not be the first movie I go back to see in theaters because they moved the date. Uh, they only moved it by two weeks. Uh, so Tenet will be coming out July 31st. And so there, that means there's a movie coming out before then, uh, just one week before then. And I had completely forgot. I thought this movie got pushed back further than it actually was. Uh, and maybe eventually it will be, uh, just to cause more problems so that I can always be wrong. In fact, it'll probably be moved immediately after we finish recording this. Uh, July 24th is Mulan. Oh. Uh, so that will probably be the first movie I see in theaters unless coming back, unless I go see the Russell Crowe unhinged movie or something else returns to theaters or comes out that I didn't know about. Uh, I think that's the one I'm looking towards is Mulan July 24th. Uh, Tenet, July 31st, Bill and Ted face the music on August 14th, which is actually pretty crazy, uh, thinking about it because we were talking about the trailer just, that just dropped last week. That's not a lot of time between, that's like two, two months. (laughs) Yeah. Between first trailer Um, and release. Yeah. So I, I had to like reread it. I was like, really? August 4th. Whoa. Okay. Sure. All right. I'm in, but whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and I mean, maybe they were waiting because like, so I guess they had this August date for a while and then they were just like, yeah, but we don't know if we're going to keep it. So we'll wait to reveal the trailer. And then I guess a well, week ago or two weeks ago, they were like, all right, we are keeping the date. Go ahead and get that trailer out there. Um, Whereas maybe they were expecting the possibility of moving it to 2021 or something. Uh, A Quiet Place 2. Oh, yeah, by the way, that's the only movie I have in August. A Quiet Place 2? No, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, 
Uh, A Quiet Place 2 is slated for September 4th. Uh, That's the John Krasinski-directed movie. Um, Sequel to his other directed movie. Um, The Kingsman, which is a prequel to the Kingsman movies. Uh, September 18th. Uh, This movie is actually really interesting uh, because it might be... What what happened with this movie we might see happen to other movies in the future. That like so the Kingsman movie apparently was pitched as just a it's I forget which war it is, whether it's World War Two or World War One, but it was initially just pitched as a spy movie. Yeah. Um but the way it got approved is by making it related to the Kingsman franchise. <laughs> Parafilms. Uh, so we might see that more and more that when people pitch like independent films, they're like, yeah, but can you tie it in? Uh, which is kind of like Joker maybe that like Joker's this Artur film and it just happens to be the Joker character. Okay, cool. Uh, so we might see more stuff like that. And I mean, if they're good, go for it. I mean, who cares? I mean, play around as long as they're good. Uh, October 2nd is the new release date for Wonder Woman 1984. Okay, so not quite December. Not quite December, uh, as a lot of people were speculating. Uh, That got announced with Tenet's uh, release date. Uh, October 23rd, I didn't even know. Well, I did know they were making this movie, but the fact that we still don't have a trailer, and I mean, just like the example i gave for bill and ted maybe it's the same reason but i'm expecting a trailer for this movie relatively soon if it's going to hit its october 23rd release date there is a gi joe movie coming out sweet snake eyes it will be about the snake eyes character it's a spin-off of the pair of movies that we've already gotten uh probably the coolest character in the gi joe verse no that's something i know very little about it. I, I know very little about it also, but they're just to me they're just high action military spy movies, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh they're fun. I don't really read into them very much. <laughs> the rocks in them and that's always good. Mm-hmm. Uh November sixth, Black Widow. Uh November twentieth, No Time to Die. That's James Bond, of course. Yep. Uh, also on November twentieth, now this is very interesting. Uh, is the 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 movie that Pixar is betting on for the year? Even though they had Onward this year, they have another movie coming out, Soul. We had a trailer for it. It looks really interesting. Yes, a lot of people are hyped up for this one. Uh, comes out the same day as James Bond. Kind of hitting two different markets, but at the same time, I don't know. It'll <laughs> be interesting. Uh, I feel like. Soul is a movie for everyone, and No Time to Die is a movie for everyone over the age of 13. <laughs> so that that's a big uh, crossover between, like, two big movies. Uh, even though, sure, one's animated, so I guess some people won't see it for that. But, I mean, there's probably people who won't go see James Bond because it's James Bond. So, and they don't like spy movies. Uh, December 11th. Uh, the Ryan Reynolds Free Guy movie is finally coming out. Yay. Uh, that's that weird video. He's a video game NPC that stops being an NPC. I don't know. He becomes 
sentient. I guess more sentient. <laughs> or maybe, I guess he's programmed to still become sentient. He just finally chooses now is the time. <laughs> Would you say that he's a rogue AI? I don't know, though, because if he's programmed to do that... <laughs> It's true, it's true. Uh, maybe he's fulfilling it. It's just now it's finally crossed the threshold of requirements that quote-unquote piss him off enough to break the ch the things that he sees as chains but are really just different protocols. It's, it's, yeah, it's all still within his code. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it looks like a very crazy movie. Uh, almost looks like Fortnite graphics, I guess, but... Yeah, I agree. But it's Ryan Reynolds, so it'll be funny. Because uh, I'm sure they'll let him ad-lib a ton of stuff. <laughs> Probably most of it. Because uh, that's kind of the way Ryan Reynolds' gigs work nowadays. Uh, December 18th. December 18th is a huge weekend. It's also my good friend uh, growing up's birthday. That's cool. Uh yeah, yeah. Shout out six months in advance. Uh, December eighteenth, three big movies. Uh, one of them is I know we're getting a TV series, but we are also getting this movie, and it's Dune. Nice. Uh, so that seems really interesting. It's got Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Zendaya's in it. They're changing quite a lot of the source material for Dune, so we'll see how that goes. I imagine they are, but also every film interpretation of it has also changed source material. Also true. I think now at this point we're doing uh, interpretations of film interpretations. Yeah, yeah. And I think most people agree that the first one's probably the worst, and then the trilogy tries because um, they give it more time to tell the story. Yeah. Uh, there's still some stuff from the books, of course, missing. Um or I guess it is it just one book, or is it? I don't know, but uh, I think it's just one. Yeah, I was gonna say because it's a pretty long book, so uh, I don't know if it's a several or what. But so, yeah, uh, I haven't read that one. It looks it looks like a beautiful movie though. Uh, the desert looks beautiful. <laughs> uh, it's basically it's it's kind of like what everything looks what everybody loved about game of thrones which is like the the game of houses <laughs> uh and it, that's basically the whole movie <laughs> is that every everyone's constantly just fighting for power in dune okay but then there's also like this weird magic stuff going on uh that I don't fully understand, but it doesn't matter. Uh, the other thing coming out December 18th is Coming to America. And no, I know what you're thinking. That movie came out a long time ago. No, this one, it's not Coming to America, T-O. Wow. okay. It's Coming to America with the number two. And it's Eddie Murphy Returns for the sequel. Huh. Uh, yeah, I didn't know they were making this movie. But uh, supposedly cool. it's coming out December 18th. Uh, also December 18th, like I said, December 18th is a, is a full, full slate Dune coming to America and also Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. In case you didn't know, that's a remake. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I know they've made one West Side Stories. Yeah. Maybe, maybe more that I don't know about. There, there's probably a few. And plus there's so many stories that are just riffs on West Side Story right. without calling it West Side Story. Right. Uh... And then December 23rd, a movie that I think a lot of people are excited about, Top Gun Maverick. 
I still haven't heard New Mutants yet. Uh, that's true. New Mutants wasn't on the list I found. New New Mutants, I believe, is still coming out in August. Uh, I will double check, but uh, well, this still says April third, so that's wrong. Uh, lands new August, so the latest thing is August, August twenty eighth. That wasn't on the list I found, so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'm gonna throw I that just, in. I keep saying I don't think this movie is gonna be released to theaters. I think it's gonna go straight to Disney Plus. And if it doesn't get released this year, I think I'll agree with you. I mean, but I, want, I think I, I think movie, it's getting released this year. I think it's I, happening. I want that movie to do as well as it possibly can. <laughs> I just I just don't know. How we we should leaning up to it. We should we should uh, pick numbers on how much we think it's gonna make in box office. Oh, okay. For that one, I think that could be a fun one. If they really wanted to tie that into the MCU. They could dedicate an episode, or at least maybe like a, just a brief glimpse of WandaVision and her reality. Oh, one hundred percent! Like just like pop into the the hospital. Yeah, just briefly. It's not gonna happen, but it's not. It's <laughs> cool. uh, I I don't think that movie is gonna go much of anywhere. Even though no, I guess not. they were planning at one point to make a trilogy of New Mutants movies. I don't know. Uh, and they were even saying the director was saying like, "Oh yeah, and if this movie does do well, we could have we could start having that conversation of sequels again." And I was like, "Dude, are you serious? <laughs> this movie was filmed four years ago, right? Uh, and it still hasn't come out." Uh, and last but not least, on Christmas, uh, it's kind of weird. Although even though it's on Christmas, so this will be a limited release, so probably not everyone will get it. But it's uh, I don't know if they're trying to keep this movie in for Oscar contention because um, it seems like a, a medieval-themed movie called The Last Duel. It's got Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Adam Driver in it, so it sounds really interesting. It's got the big names. It's got the big names, and I don't know if the reason they're putting it December 25th that just a limited release is so that it qualifies for the Oscars this year. I mean, Which like I said... Really? Not much competition this year, <laughs> um, but it, it will see a widespread release probably in January, much like Knives Out did in 1917. Um, so that's not an unusual thing to have happen, but uh, I thought it was a little strange for that movie specifically because the synopsis didn't exactly sound like an Oscar bait movie. <laughs> uh but if it's the 1917 of the Middle Ages, I'm in. <laughs> All right. That'll be exciting. Uh, yeah. So so those are the movies that we still have to look forward to this year, even though we've kind of taken three months off of new movies. Uh, any, any of those jump out at you? Which ones are you looking forward to? Um. Like I said, the, these aren't all the movies coming out. These are just the ones that I think will catch a lot of people's eye, probably be the big box office busters of the year. I think oh, – sorry. I think that Soul is going to do very well. For sure. Uh, Pixar has, has been uh, making put, – put out some good stuff recently, and if it's going to follow up in the heels of Coco. And I feel like this is going to be kind of similar to Inside Out. That uh, Yeah. yeah. Like before we were dealing with emotions, now we're dealing with – death or whatever uh, is it death well coco is death 
Oh, Coco is the. But Coco is Coco is dealing with the, with the afterlife? Is Soul also the afterlife? I don't know. We'll see. Doesn't maybe this he we'll die? Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he dies or if he's just trying well, to find the connection that once inspired him to play music or whatever. I think but. that this is going to be help us uh, explain the Pixar theory much better. You uh, think there's going to be big Easter eggs? No, but I think the idea of is going to help explain things because, like, that's kind of what brought the cars to life. That's what brought the toys to life. The Pixar theory was the souls of the owners. Uh, um, that's a whole different story. We can talk about interesting. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what I'm talking about now. Okay, that's why they're like the the racer in in cars. A lot of those dock um, are are based on like real race car drivers uh, or, or race cars. Uh, and the, I guess the idea is that they came alive and they took on their their drivers emotions that their driver's personality okay um at least that's one of the theories that's floating around and like i guess that if you know if we're, we're now getting a movie about souls that could definitely help explain something. all right tangent over i'm now more confused than i was before perfect so uh, I'm, I'm interested in soul uh maybe soul seems Mulan? good uh, i i've said a while back that i really didn't like the direction they were taking out a lot of the songs they were taking the whole like they removed I'll Make a Man Out of You, which... Well, so there's not going to be... It's it's not, music, really. it's not a musical. Yeah, sure. it, You'll have the instrumentals. Fine. Sure, but the whole... At least the director said a while back that they don't want to make a man out of you because they, they don't want to, like, showcase, like, I don't know, man, man's power or whatever, but the whole idea right. of the song is to show that, like, the woman can do it too, Milan can do it, so that's pretty big. Uh, if, they, if they have the instrumental and recognizable enough, it's not just softly in the background. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's probably several different interpretations of probably, Mulan, probably. but I think, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, I, I've always thought of it as a very feminist movie, because like, it, yeah. sure, sure, she she's, all of China. sure she's pretending to be a man throughout the entire movie, but she doesn't actually save all of China until she's a woman, <laughs> like... True. And and like even the other soldiers, they like once she reveals that she's a woman, they're like, "Oh yeah, okay." <laughs> like, <laughs> I think they're also giving. Um, I don't remember the name of his character, but the officer, or commanding officer, they're giving him a separate love interest. Uh, okay. Why or, why give him any love interest if? Or, or, uh, I don't know if they're giving him a separate one, but <laughs> the witch. But <laughs> Disney Disney essentially made him buy. Interesting. That he fell in love with Mulan when she was dressing as a guy, and then found out she was a girl, and she was like, "Okay." And so they're now taking that out of the movie. They're not. They're not putting that same thing in this remake. Interesting. Uh... So, but no, I'm interested for Mulan. I don't know. I'm interested. <laughs> uh, what were some of the other ones that you said? Uh, I mean, Wonder Woman two, New Tenet Mutants. Is probably, Tenet is probably the thing I'm most excited for. Tenet, yeah, yeah, and, and I think that to me that movie is probably the only one out of all these. Maybe West Side Story, uh, that feels maybe Oscar, like an Oscar contender. Um, 
because Christopher Nolan always does so much focus on the music and the sound. And he also, he knows how to cut a movie, you know, (laughs) like, um, and so like considering this year's prospects, I'd be surprised if Tenet doesn't win something. Uh, because like, from what it sounds like, there's not a whole lot. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe GI Joe snake eyes will turn out to be this artsy movie that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I highly doubt GI Joe is going to be some artsy. And I mean, maybe Top Gun Maverick will get something cause maybe they'll have incredible sound. Right. Uh, or cinematography because they're filming from inside a lot of the cockpits. Uh, so like there, there's a few, but do you think when, do you think when Tom Cruise's movie from space comes out, do you think that's going to win? Uh, no, (laughs) uh, I think it will have to do something more than that. Uh, that's just my opinion. Maybe it will, but, uh, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think a filming location should be enough to win. I'm not saying an I award. Uh, <laughs> first movie filmed in space. First feature-length movie filmed. Yeah, f- yeah. And so it's like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if they make it super cinematic, then yeah, right. That'd be that'd be awesome. I hope I I hope they do because then like, what? Wouldn't it be great to have additional ways? Like, sure, it's the first movie that uh, was filmed in space, but when movie fans 50 years from now are cinephiles they're scrolling through the old oscars lists and they're like oh what's this movie oh that's the movie that was filmed in space and it won an oscar (laughs) right like it would be cool to have other so that it's not just a movie filmed in space but oh but the sound editing the uh the screenplay the writing was fantastic like Hopefully. Uh, like, it'd be nice to have not just a one-dimensional one movie. The only thing memorable about this movie is that it was filmed in space. Right, and I mean, like, sure, that might be the thing that gets people in the doors, but hopefully it's not the only been. reason to talk about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited for Dune. Uh, again, not a book I've read, but uh, it's just another weird space movie with terrible people in it not terrible actors but just like the characters are all kind of terrible <laughs> terrible actors. it has some great actors uh i already said some jason momoa is also in it um, oh, that's cool so i i don't exactly know what the main actors from timothy charlemagne or whatever charlemagne sounds familiar uh yeah i don't know what he's from i feel like I was thinking it sounds familiar also, but it might just be from other Dune articles. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't pinpoint it to anything else. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I picked out these movies because I'm excited for them, and there are other movies coming out. Uh, but it's kind of exciting. Uh, a Kingsman prequel, a G.I. Joe sequel, like, and then, I would like to see more of the Kingsman world because that that's really cool. That's yeah, I think take. I think most people agree with that, and so like Kingsman is the franchise that people want. Uh, 
And to me, I was even thinking about it. Did you see the latest Robin Hood with a tarot? I don't know how you say his name, Tarot Edgerton or whatever. Um, uh, who's no, the lead in Kingsman, and he yeah, was Robin Hood, was and with Jamie Foxx. I, I think I wanted to see that film, but I never got around. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Uh, it, it's very strange because it's like they. <laughs> On one hand, your the interpretation is that like it's not modern at all, and then there are a lot of things that happen in it that you're like, wait, is this happening like today? <laughs> uh, so it's a weird like amalgam of technology <laughs> and whatnot. Weird. Uh, like it's not like they have computers, but uh, yeah, it's just very strange. Uh, I thought the beginning of it was very good. The moment they go back to England, it kind okay. of sucks. <laughs> uh, I take. Yeah, and but I kind of feel like thinking about it. To me, even though it's the same actor, I'm just like, he's the first Kingsman. <laughs> 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 that it goes all the way back to Robin Hood, and uh, he. Uh, this is your great, 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 great. He great showed grandpa. the corruption uh, in, I forget what this town is. Uh, and just like the, oh, what last name is? Oh, whatever. I, he just looks exactly like him. Right, he just happens to, uh, the genes the resurfaced in the family. And, Every single one. Because so, I was just like, if I looked at it as a Kingsman movie, then like all of the like the weird weird differences and the gadgetry, then it's that's the Kingsman style of all these weird yeah. um also like cinematic effects that are weird and uh bright color was it, schemes and was it by the same director? No. Oh. <laughs> uh but I was just like if I accepted it as like a super back in the past Kingsman prequel it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> With these stipulations, it's an okay film. Yeah. Uh, as a Robin Hood movie, it's a little weird. Uh, especially at the end, like, were they setting up a Robin Hood verse? Like, it definitely sets up, like, a sequel. Like, Gross. Like, I was just like, oh, I don't know how much more time I really want to spend with these people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I won't go back and see it. Uh... I mean, it's an entertaining, like, action movie. Uh, and it hits, like, the the Green Arrow vibes that you want out of an archery movie. But there's just a lot of other weird things that... I want Stephen Amell as the next Robin. That would be cool. I'd be into that. Although Robin Hood gets done... Everyone, Robin Hood, everyone plays a Robin Hood, you know? true not everyone can play a green arrow not everyone can play green arrow uh would you want to see what okay dceu the movies we know that are coming out okay green arrow is going to show up not actually before everyone starts spreading the rumor no. completely hypothetical what movie Watch. do you put him in would you put him in yeah the movies we have that are coming <laughs> uh, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman 2, 2 Aquaman 2, Aquaman Shazam 2, 2 well. 
Black Adam. Uh, sui- the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Sure, Flash. No, I don't know if we're gonna Flash. <laughs> we will eventually. It might be in fifty years, but yeah, but let, but let's not. It'll happen in our that. lifetime, assuming we Blue live Beetle. average long lives. <laughs> yeah, Blue Beetle, that's coming, right? Uh, I like him before Flash. And let's um, throw in Man of Steel too, just for fun. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, even though that movie, we don't know if we're actually getting that, but. Well, I was gonna say. Before you name list stuff anything, I was probably gonna say a man. A man of steel movie, yeah. Yeah, um, but with the ones that we have, I don't really know what we'd bring him in on. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's tough. Real. I almost think you it's go just, to. Yeah, might, might be the. I was even thinking like maybe Wonder Woman three. Yeah. <laughs> Down maybe. the road. Uh. But I feel like Shazam. No, because does location matter? Like, do we, are we trying to? No, nah, who cares? Okay, okay. <laughs> then, then probably Shazam too. I mean, they That's made like... they made in the movies that in the DCEU, uh, Gotham and Metropolis are more like San Francisco and Oakland than they are like New York and oh, New York and uh, New York. other parts of New York. <laughs> okay, I guess. Okay. Um. Well, I don't think I I, I wouldn't want or him maybe in this New suicide. Jersey. Well, let, let, let's do it that way. Let's see. Let's cross things off the list. I'd if actually kind of I I'd be okay with him in the Suicide Squad if you do it like they used Batman in Suicide Squad. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Sure. He shows yeah, up yeah, yeah. fighting one of his villains, and that's yeah, how sure. that villain got captured. That'd be cool. I can see that. I feel like that's kind of what his role should be in any case. It's just <laughs> he's not like a just like hey the Green Arrow's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that so, okay. that might be right. Uh, that that that's my choice is the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Uh, I don't know if I'd want that, but I can. But I definitely like the idea of just kind of having him in a Batman esque in that style of, from the, from the original Suicide. Squad. Well, and that's interesting that you bring up is that like in Man of Steel two, you could use Green Arrow, but the thing is, it might be a bit too repetitive for audience people. Yeah. That if you bring Green Arrow into Man of Steel two, and if you if you ever have them butt heads, it will be very much in the same vein as Bruce and Clark. Yeah. It, it'll be almost identical because <laughs> Oliver thinks very similarly to Bruce and has a very similar, uh, not backs. Well, yeah, kind of backstory, but, uh, I mean, they're both genius billionaire playboy philanthropists and orphans and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like that, yeah. They're... It, the only difference is one put on black, one put on green. Yeah, and one uses a bow and arrow, and the other uses a grappling hook. Gun. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> so <laughs> you say the other uses a grappling. You just show scenes from Justice League where he's using a. Yeah, I mean. All right. Um. But, but yeah. So, Man of Steel two probably wouldn't be the best. That would actually be an interesting move, cause so we have Matt Reeves' Batman movies coming up. Uh, if those take place 20 years ago or whatever, yeah, sure. or if it's an alternate universe, if those movies never get folded in uh, to modern times, at least green arrow is not a terrible character to pick to take Batman's spot on the team. 
Sure. Sure, he's not as well known to regular audience members, but I think the Arrow show has done a really big help to that character. And I think if you do the character decently well, and you basic, everyone's just going to be like, oh, it's like Batman, but with a bow and arrow. Sure. <laughs> That's a great jumping off point. <laughs> that is a great jumping off point for to introduce audience members to the Green Arrow. And then you can explain how his story is slightly different. But yeah. they both deal with Deathstroke a lot, so you can continue that story. Get Joe Manganiello back. Yeah, so Green Arrow is not a terrible choice to continue the DCEU as their the darkest hero on the Justice League. <laughs> with that i mean the era show has definitely made me like the character a lot more than just because like out of ignorance i didn't know a lot of yeah um, i like i liked uh the guy who did it on smallville but we get right. a lot more for th from the arrow show and so that that's not a terrible idea i'm actually glad we fell down this rabbit hole because now it's kind of something i want because <laughs> uh, if we're not going to get Batman back in modern day, let's get Green Arrow. Yeah. Let's get someone to fulfill that role uh, in the storytelling. Uh, even though it'd be nice to have both. <laughs> Maybe someday. Uh, because Green Arrow does fall slightly more in the middle between Batman and Superman. But even though he should fall closer to Batman. But by his choices uh yeah maybe someday I, I do hope we i i do hope in the movies we start getting some of these i mean the, it's so weird to call the green arrow a lesser known character because i feel like we've been talking about it for the past decade right so yeah let's let's bring give green arrow a cinematic premiere let's get some of the other characters as well uh something big and then, because you could do Green Arrow and Black Canary in the same movie. That's fine. You could. Uh, although, I mean, although, we, we, we just got cast. a Black Canary. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, so yeah, sure, that. bring her in. Yeah. And you have Huntress. Like, yeah. It's there. It's right there for although you. Although they're good guys, so you miss a lot, of, a lot of the... The best Green Arrow villains have already been taken. No, Deathstroke's still out there. Uh, and then you can also introduce the... Because the thing is with DC, that and the, on one hand, it's like dumb. On the other hand, it's kind of one of the best parts about the DC universe is every hero has like the, a family of characters that have the same powers. Right. Like the Flash family, there's Kid Flash, there's Liberty Bell, there's Jesse Quick, there's <laughs> uh there's so many. And then Batman, there's Batwoman, Batgirl, Nightwing, Robin, Robin. <laughs> Robin. Uh Robin, yeah. <laughs> uh and and I mean like if we miss some, so what? But uh Green Arrow's no different, you know. You have we, we, we did miss some, there's five Robins. You have Arsenal, you have um Speedy. Artemis, you have Speedy. All the Speedy and Arsenal are the same person in the I comic books. They were, true, but I thought they were like, two separate 
like I ideas believe- of the character. That might be. That might be. But they're both like, Roy like, Harper, I'm pretty sure. Yes, they're yeah, the same yeah. person, but like you're Artemis when you're at one point and and through a different storyline, through a different like mindset, you're speedy. Well, like, actually, uh Roy Harper was speedy. Yeah. <laughs> Roy Harper yeah, was speedy and, then, and, and uh Arsenal. There in Arrow it was changed to Speedy was uh, his sister, which was his sister. I don't know if he had a sister in comics. Um, I'm not sure, but so so like you you still get that aspect, and so it'd be cool to delve more into that. And I mean, Wonder Woman has her family of characters. Shazam obviously has his family, as we saw in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, but yeah, like even Wonder Woman, it'd be cool to get Donna Troy coming up. That'd be awesome. Uh, or any of the versions of Wonder Girl. I mean. Who's the actress who played Donna Troy in Titans? Uh, I don't know what her name was, but she was really good. I really enjoyed yeah. her. Bring her back to life. Lazarus Pit. That That's what I kind of want. Like, I want the Titans... I want all the Titans actors to be folded into the movie. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I, aside from the questionable choices in the show, really like all the characters. Right, the acting, the actors they chose, and I mean, heck, take that Batman, sure. <laughs> and if you think about it, he he looks like an aged Robert Pattinson. Uh, He's pretty skinny. Ooh, you know? Sorry, I cut out, I didn't hear. Uh, the guy that's playing Batman, Jorah Mormont. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, but yeah, the the guy that had he kind of looks like an aged uh, Robert Pattinson. Sure, put it all in one universe. I mean, we already know it's in one multiverse, right? Uh, that just put it all in one universe. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. I can't actually find this guy's name. Oh, I guess he. I guess he doesn't play Batman. He plays Bruce Wayne. There we go. Uh, Ian Glenn. Uh, he his he's got the right voice. It's like just gravelly enough, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, I love all the people playing the Titans. Like they're they all do a great job. Nightwing, Raven, Coriander. Definitely, Beast Boy. Yeah, so all all those actors are pretty solid. You just need to give them <laughs> a better storyteller. Uh, fold it into the movies and just be like, well, Ben Affleck doesn't want to do it anymore. Now it's Ian Glenn. Sure. Yeah, do it. And maybe use Titans to tell the, uh, unless you make a movie of it, to finally tell us what happened to Jason Todd, even though we all know. We, I mean, we all know what happened to Jason Todd, but also the Jason Todd from Titans is like picture perfect role. He's so he's, good. He's fantastic in that. He's so good. And they're setting him up to go, you know, get <laughs> to go get uh, killed. Not <laughs> say in air quotes killed, but uh, Joker. Yeah, I'm excited to see if in Titans they cast a Joker because I'm assuming eventually we're getting that story, right? I, well, I mean, we have Jason Todd. We have Jason Todd on his own where he has to go figure out. So his, it feels like the next logical they're step. They're setting it up for it. Yeah, exactly. And show us that scene. Don't just off-screen that, like, 
Well, you don't have to show have us to... that seed, but I don't think you need to. We don't need to like physically. See you can that. Joker can swing the crowbar, and you can pan left. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> we don't need to see the actual. But like, yeah. but at least, at least like show show the encounter. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yes, I'm with you there. No, that'd be really cool. I'm excited for. <laughs> Do you think we're gonna get another uh, Titan truck? Without a doubt. Uh, they, someone's got to be Titans trucked once per season, and by once I At mean least. per episode. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's a fun show. It's so ridiculous. Do you think we're gonna get a Doom Patrol season? Uh, we are. I think they just dropped a trailer for it. Did they? I'm excited. I didn't see it because I haven't seen the first season. But you haven't seen Doom Patrol? I have not. I heard a lot of people like it. It's great there is like a space goat <laughs> i want to watch it less <laughs> no it it's very funny uh, i like the villain for it it's pretty um we, we get to see uh an amazing cast um interacting i don't remember her name the uh, the girl split personalities yeah it's brandon fraser's like return to work from like <laughs> Yeah, it is. A decade and, of nothing. And I, I like it. It's good. Um, a lot of swearing. Oh, yeah. Great performance. Yeah, Brendan Fraser swears. I mean, the whole show swears. That's kind of what I thought was going to happen. Although Cyborg's in it also, right? So that's he cool. Is. He is. Um, and at first, I wasn't a big fan of Cyborg's character. Uh, but it definitely grew on me as the show. It kind of sucks that he got put on Doom Patrol and not Titans, right? Yeah, I mean, it, because like if you're a fan of of the the show as kids, as I think a lot of us were, he was a big part of that. Right. So of that kind of sucks that um, we lose that one. But he, because he, he does have like a he, at one point he at one point wants to help like the the Doom Patrol like team. Yeah. And his dad's like no, and he's like no, I'm I'm doing this. I'm listening to myself now. Fully in charge of my life anymore. Um, so it's a, it's a big point. And so he, he does get a, a family control. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for this week. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, wherever you're listening to us, an Apple podcast, Spotify, go like the Facebook page, unanimous indecision. We have a Facebook page. I we- say with disbelief. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I know uh, you haven't liked it yet no <laughs> i don't use facebook i friends. know but you have liked it so it doesn't oh, matter i have yeah okay, good. you're one of four people i'm kidding there's five people so uh yeah please go do that love to get some feedback uh, yeah let what, us know what you're interested in do you what have you an idea what movie you want to watch next week? I know I asked you this last week, but I Artemis did. Fowl came up and saved the day. I I think it'd be a good idea to start uh, looking to some Christopher Nolan in in preparation for Tenet coming out. Prepare, would we want to wait till we get closer to Tenet? Because especially now that it's been pushed two weeks further. That's true. That's uh, true. Granted, there are a lot of good Christopher Nolan movies out there. Uh, so maybe some from Christopher Nolan, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, do you have uh, something? You're I don't. This question, I don't have something. So you're coming to this, this union with absolutely nothing to bring. 
Well, I was I I was bringing open ears to hear your opinion, but since you don't have sure. one, sure, I I do. Uh, have <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I have an opinion. No, I I heard nothing. Uh, Ian yeah. Rosmondo, thanks for joining us. I'm Joshua yeah, Troop. This is Unanimous Indecision. We'll catch you next time.